The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Ivan filling in for Pat this week. Well, scenes of devastation have greeted Ukrainians in the first days of 2024. Russia has launched some of its heaviest missile and drone attacks in all parts of Ukraine. While the conflict has fallen from the news headlines and agendas because of the war in Gaza, my next guest has called for continued support for her country and its people. I'm delighted to be joined now on the show by Ukrainian MP Kira Rudik, who joins us from Kiev. Good morning, Kira, and thank you for joining me. Hi, Ivan. How are you doing? Very nice. Could I begin by asking you about this agreement brokered uh, by the UAE in relation to prisoner exchange? Um, hello, Ivan. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it was one of the um, best agreements that we were able to get, and um, more than 200 Ukrainian prisoners returned, uh, uh, prisoners of war returned back home. And it's only tears of joy that we can feel. And still the feeling of such a huge, huge, huge um, unfairness of everything that's going on. People becoming prisoners of the other countries that decided to attack us. And uh, then we have to do like enormous amount of work to bring them back home to their families. And they have done nothing, absolutely nothing wrong. They were defending their country and they have to spend um, uh, uh, so much time as prisoners of war. But we are grateful to all their allies who are helping us to broker those deals because it is not an easy thing to do. Now, uh, Kira, over the past two weeks, there's been a spate of uh, missiles and drone attacks on uh, Kiev and, and various other cities across Ukraine. Please tell us ab- about those uh, attacks. Well, the best way of telling it would be I'm sitting right now in a room that has no windows and it's covered with plastic because my home was also uh, damaged during the recent attack on, on Kiev. Over the last two weeks, there has been over 500 missiles sent our way Many of them, our brave air defense forces have been taken down, but some of them hit the targets. And I can tell you the epicenter of the recent missile attack was far away from me. But the wave from the hit was still so strong that it destroyed windows on both of the floors of my home and um, uh, injured so many of my neighbors. And uh, in total, we count the... Uh, victims of the latest attack of at least five people and 130 injured. But I definitely believe that the numbers are higher because I personally know so many people who were injured and just did not report it. The issue that we are facing right now is that the world thought that the war is over. It is not. And I'm a proof, a living proof of that because uh, the room that I'm talking with you right now, is a little bit noisy. And it's very cold because it does not have windows. And what needs to be done right now is all the bureaucratic issues need to be taken aside uh, because uh, do you think Russia would stop on us? Does anybody in the world think that Russia would stop unless uh, they are stopped? So the fact that at the second year of the full-scale invasion, Russia is still able to produce missiles drones and send them our way means the sanctions are not working as well as they're supposed to be. And it will be a never-ending story unless 
there are really strong decisions made, both for the aid for Ukraine, but also for the sanctions to stop Russia from producing weapons. You speak about the aid. It was proposed something of the order of $50 billion by the Biden administration, including military and economic aid. And that's run into problems with the Republican uh, Congress on Capitol Hill. And then the EU uh, proposed in December another $50 billion of aid and Hungary vetoed it. What is the latest, as you understand it, in relation to both those packages? So first of all, it is indeed really frightening that we entered 2024 without both of those packages being confirmed. And both our U.S. friends and uh, our allies in the European Union, they all saying that they will make it happen, just needs a little bit uh, more time. And I do believe that both uh, Congress and uh, European Commission will make the right choice and will push it through. However, again, until it is done, it is not guaranteed. And there is lots of diplomatic work being done behind the scenes. However, both EU and United States are entering into the year of elections where people and all the politicians are pushing for something more important to them than Ukraine is. But I want to tell you another point here. It is, we are talking about 60 billion in the United States and 50 billion in the European Union, right? But as of right now, the world, the democratic world, has 10 times more than that, over $500 billion of Russian money being frozen and not being used at all. Uh, And um, what we aim to do is to confiscate those assets and use them for the sake of Ukraine. That will uh, cover for so many of our needs uh, both military and social needs, and we will allow us not to depend on the political decisions. Unfortunately, to, to do that, we need a political decision for leaders of the free world to step up and say, okay, we are ready to confiscate money of the country that has started a full-scale war in the center of Europe. And we have been working on that for two years, and we hope that right now, Uh, the G7 leadership will do the right thing and will move forward on that. Yes, the G7 is meeting in February and hopefully uh, that will move that forward. Meanwhile, what is the situation on the front line insofar as we heard a lot in 2023 about Ukraine's uh, counter-offensive to to win back territory and then it seemed to get bogged down and then we had the winter. What is the situation on the front line? I think it's... um, Um, a really wrong angle to look at the results of the military uh, operation of our defense operation. We're saying, uh, we're talking about the territories because uh, once we started on the uh, counteroffensive, it was indeed very hard to to regain them back. However, over the last two years, Ukrainian army has destroyed over 360,000 of Russian soldiers, more than 5,000 of Russian tanks, and these tanks, these soldiers, and, and more than 300 of Russian planes that are not going to fight any other war, not going to threaten any other nation. And I think this is very important uh, that we do not see it every day that like this is happening. But our army, our brave men and women, they are doing their job. It is incredibly hard to move forward with the minefields that Russia built over the last winter and definitely will, is building right now. So this is why we are waiting so much for the fighter jets 
that we have uh, been begging for for the last two years. And finally, we hope this spring they will arrive to Ukraine. We hope that they will give additional layer of security for the peaceful cities, for people like me, that I will know that I'm going to bed and I will wake up in the morning. But also they will be very helpful at the front. And uh, uh, perhaps that would help us to make more visible progress. So I want to tell you that there is lots of progress done on on the military side. Plus, look at us. We are a country without the fleet fleet that has destroyed at least three Russian warships and at least 20% of Russian fleet. So uh, it's a lot of to be talking about as a result. Uh, And uh, we just want uh, to assure our allies that we will move forward, that we'll continue fighting. And what we need is stay with us. Uh, continue supporting us because uh, the enemy is much larger, much stronger, and with better capacity on building the the weapons and supplies. And we need that from our allies. And and looking forward to 2024 as a year on the military front, there is there is a, a fighting in the south and on the east. What do you think is a reasonable objective uh, for the West from the Ukrainian perspective to be achieved in 2024? So even I'm not a military uh, specialist, so I doubt that I comment on that. I can tell you that when we are looking at 2024, uh, there are two main uh, directions and uh, two main influences on how the year would be and what the results would be. The first one is people who are fighting at the front, their trainings, their abilities, uh, their amounts, and this is on us. We know that. And we, we are working uh, to make sure that we do the rotation in the army and that people get some rest and that there is uh, more new people uh, that being uh, conscripted, etc. There are some things that do not depend on us, like the time between the political promise and the minute that Ukrainian soldier is receiving the weapon. Of the amounts and all the promises being uh, actually becoming the results. And with that, it is on us to work to make sure that it will happen. But honestly, there is only the limited amount of things that we can do. But we can keep asking our allies to keep providing us with the weapons because we cannot fight our enemy empty-handed. Finally, Kira, could I ask you about the situation regarding refugees? As you know, in Ireland, I think we've taken one of the most per head of population. 100,000 people have come here uh, and 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 there are real pressures in putting people in tents and so on that the buildings aren't there. Wh- what do you think the exodus of of fleeing Ukrainian citizens will be in 2024? Will the flow abate or not? Well, first of all, uh, let me tell you once again on this program how grateful I am to Irish people for opening their homes and providing for uh, Ukrainian refugees who have lost everything. It is really, really important for us, and we will never forget this. It is something that you do like as a generational thing, as a, the right thing to then be telling your children and grandchildren. Uh, we uh, know that the uh, exodus of Ukrainian people will surely depend on the situation at the front and what, on the intensity uh, of the attacks uh, on on the peaceful cities. Like, you know, my mom... When she heard that my home was attacked, she was on me saying, oh, you have to run, you have to hide, etc." And I know that there are so many people that are feeling the same way. They feel insecure, they feel super threatened. And honestly, it's such a helpless 
feeling when everything that you worked for, you built, just going blown into the air. And that's that. And it's, it's so scary that you really want to run away. So uh, I think the amount of people that will leave Ukraine will depend on that. Uh, And uh, this is why, again, we as the Ukrainian politicians need to make sure that we provide our army with everything possible and impossible so that they can defend our people, uh, the ones that are fighting in the front, but also the ones that are sleeping in their beds. Kira Rodik, a Ukrainian MP, we thank you sincerely for joining us on the Pat Kenny Show this morning for the latest, and we hope that the new year will bring an improvement in your circumstances, both on the military side, economic side, and for the people of Ukraine. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.